Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. You know something? People all over the world are having their lives touched and they're having their lives blessed because of this program right here that you're getting to listen to. And you know something? I am so incredibly thankful for that. For years and years and years, I'm talking about since back in the early 80s, the number one question that I would get when I'd go out and do ministry in churches somewhere would be, what are we going to do? Where are we going to hear this kind of message? Because there's nobody in our area that preaches it. And I'll tell you, we worked hard over the years. And that's why really that was one of the first reasons we started producing cassette tapes was because we needed to make it possible for people who had no source to go in this direction. You might be saying, well, what direction? Well, hang on. You'll, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about because it's all good news, all based on the new covenant. And it's all, and it's all rooted in the love of God, which Jesus said you had to hang everything God ever said, all the law, all the prophets, everything on the love of God. And so you know, over the years, we were able to, to you know, eventually get into, uh, um, you know, DVDs. Thank God for DVDs. And then, of course, now we have the Internet. And uh, so I am just so incredibly thankful that we're able to take this to people all over the world. But I just want to say this before I dive in the message. A lot of times people will look at our YouTube views and they'll say, man, that's not many YouTube views for a ministry like yours. Well, the, the reason for that is, is because in most of the, nations of the world, we are in there through other networks other, other than YouTube. And so the truth is we have people all over the world. Uh, we are active in every country in the world. And uh, man, it is just so exciting. And I'm so excited that you are here to be a part of this. We're talking about heaven on earth. I'm continuing with this subject matter because I got news for you. We just scratched the surface. And it's, you know, sometimes it's not about the amount of material that you have to bring to get people to, to see something that's in the Bible. Sometimes it's the amount of material you have to bring to overcome centuries of misinformation. So even though we've already been teaching this, and if you've been watching, you've got, already got four uh, messages in this series, uh, there's still some introductory level things that we need to talk about. And let me say this, if you're, you know, if this is your first time to watch this and you want to learn more and make this journey about heaven on earth, I encourage you to go to impactministries.com, go back and look at some of the previous programs on this because you want to get this foundation right, because I am telling you, you can live in heaven on earth. You know, I think one of the things that would come to a person's mind when they hear something like heaven on earth is really like, is this hope or is this hype? You know, is this a, is this hope or is this a hoax? You know, is this, is this fact or is this fiction? Is this just going to be a, some of this uh, 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 e easy believism gospel? Well, I got news for you. Evidently it's not that easy to believe because um, really what Jesus provided for us in the new covenant 
And it, it all gets into this whole concept of him qualifying us, uh, a, a faith righteousness. He qualified us for all of these promises of God. And the Bible tells us that that is the stumbling stone. The one thing that people will stumble over more than anything else is how good God is, what God really did for us in Jesus. And I'm telling you, religion has given us centuries of misinformation. You say, well, wait a minute. What do you mean by religion? Are you talking about Christianity? No. You see, faith is when you trust, you're responding to God because you trust what He said. Religion is you say, okay, I know what God said, but this is kind of how I see it. And this is how I believe it. Or when God says, this is the way to enjoy this particular benefit or this promise, and you look at it and go, oh, well, you know what? I kind of believe it happens this way. Well, not only are you calling God a liar, but basically you are rooting yourself in religion. Religion is man's approach to God. Faith is man's response to God's approach to man. And so God tells us, not only does God tell us that we can have heaven on earth, but Jesus' entire ministry was about heaven on earth. Now, even though you may have been watching this for several weeks, this is going to be really important because this is going to shape, what we're talking about today is going to shape everything about, or it's going to expand and shape everything about what you're looking for, expecting, what you believe about the new covenant, what you believe about you, what you have or don't have uh, now that you are born again and now that you are baptized into the body of Christ. Now, the new covenant is a covenant of promise. Very important you understand that. Now, <clears throat> it's not only a covenant of promise, but the Bible tells us it has better promises than the old covenant. Now, here's something really interesting. Everything that's in the new covenant, with the exception of, of, of uh, faith righteousness, of righteousness being a gift, and just a few factors, everything that's in the new covenant is exactly the same promise that's in the old covenant. So how could these promises be better than they were in the old covenant if, you know, uh, if they're the same promises? You know, old covenant promise healing, new covenant promises healing. Old Covenant pro promise a way to enjoy godly success. New Covenant promises a way for godly success. Old Covenant uh, uh, gave you ways to approach God. New Covenant gives you ways to approach God. So if it's the same promises, what makes them better? Well, what makes them better is that Jesus himself is the one who obtained these promises. We are not personally or individually trying to obtain any individual promise from God. Now, I know that sounds contrary to, to the promises of God. In other words, let me say it like this. Uh, we are not trying to get or obtain healing as if it has not yet been given to us in this covenant. We are not trying to obtain peace as if it has not yet been given to us in this covenant. You say, well, wait a minute, if this stuff's been given, why am I not living it? Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of possibilities, but one of the biggest reasons is because you're probably pursuing it the way 
religion taught you to pursue it, the way your culture taught you to pursue it, you know, the way your denomination taught you to pursue it, instead of the way Jesus taught us to pursue it. Because, and and I'm going to, I'm talking about the covenant, but I'm going to use this to dive into the whole heaven on earth concept and, and, and talk about the kingdom of God, how that has anything to do with the heaven on earth. But you have to realize this. This is so crucially important. God did not make a personal individual covenant with you. God made a covenant with Jesus. And it is the fact that God made the covenant with Jesus that makes us not only a better covenant, but it makes the promises better. You say, wait a minute, healing is healing. Promise healing in the Old Testament, promise healing in the New Testament, healing is healing, so how can healing be better? I'll tell you how. Because what qualified you for healing under the Old Testament? What qualifies you for healing in the New Testament? Why could, how, and what did you, what did it take to have confidence in God's promise in the Old Testament that's different from the New Testament? Well, well I can tell you this in a nutshell. In the New Testament, we have the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus is, or the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, this is the proof of the legitimacy of this covenant. And you say, well, how do I know that that's not just a myth? Because I'll tell you why. Because when we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, baptizes us into the body of Christ. And the Bible says that is a seal. In other words, if I am actively intimate and involved with God through the Holy Spirit and experiencing Him in His heart, then the truth is, I know the legitimacy of this. I know the legitimacy of the fact that Jesus is raised from the dead because I know and I experience Him in my own heart. And not only that, the fact that He was raised from the dead is where He sealed the covenant and He Himself received all the promises of God, all the kingdom promises of God. And when I am baptized into Him and when I trust Him as my king and as my, as my source and my connection to God. And when I trust that because I am in him, that uh, I, I am in that realm where all the promises of God abide. Now you're going to begin to see this incredible uh, connection and overlap and, and similarity between being in Jesus and being in the kingdom of God, even though they're not one and the same thing. Uh, uh, having all the promises of God in Jesus and having all the resources of God in the, in the kingdom of heaven. But before we do that, I just want to go back to the fact that this is a covenant of promise. And it's not a hoax. It's not a bunch of hype. But I, but, and sometimes, you know something, we look back to some of the nonsense that has been preached. Man, you go back to the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and even early 2000s. It's just like, uh, uh, some of the truth of the scripture was encapsulated in such mystical nonsense that the honest truth, it drove so many people away from the promises of, of God because it made the whole concept look utterly foolish. You know, one of the places you start in understanding, you know, the covenant of promise or the value of promises is the fact that the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus endured the shame of the cross because of the prize that was set before him. Now, that's pretty amazing. Now, <clears throat> remember, the shame, Jesus, 
became our sin. He, he died a public disgraceful death. It, he, when he became our sin, he was separated from God. He went to Hades. He suffered every curse of the law that we would have had to suffer. And he used his faith to be raised up from the dead. Man, can you imagine that? I mean, uh, I, I just can't even imagine the whole idea of, of being separated from God. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He wasn't just quoting scripture there. Having become our sin, he had to experience being forsaken of God because that's what we would have experienced had he not done it for us. And so, what, you, know, you know, what gives somebody the courage, the willingness to endure those kinds of hardships? Well, I'll tell you what gives us that. It's the fact that he, there was a prize out there, and that prize was the resurrection of the dead. That prize was sitting at the right hand of God. That prize was receiving an internal inheritance. That prize was fulfilling the will of God for his life, the, the completion of his destiny. He endured all of the things that were involved in the death, burial, and resurrection for one reason. The prize was big enough. It was good enough. It was powerful enough to motivate him to, you know, to go through all of that. You know, you know when I... When I start thinking about reward and prize and all that kind of stuff, one of the stories I think about is David. You remember before David became king and he was just a little shepherd boy and his brothers were all fighting the, against the Philistines and they brought in Goliath and Goliath was a giant. And, and let me say giants really did exist, uh, even though it's been covered up by the, really by the government. Uh, uh, there, there are thousands of burial grounds in North America alone where the remains of giants have been found. And I can't go into all that. We don't have time to go into that. You get my book, Apocalypse, and you can find out about that. And you can find out some things about creation, about the book of Genesis that, that will help stabilize your faith and help you understand the big picture. And I'll tell you this, as far as I know, it's the only end time book out there that people tell me they've read that says gave them hope and overcame the fear that they had of the end times. So you don't have to be afraid of the end times. You don't have to be afraid of Jesus coming back because I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some reality that Jesus said, this is how you get ready for this. And this is how you know you're going to always win, always overcome, no matter, no matter what you face. So, <clears throat> so Goliath is a giant. And uh, he's probably about, I think about 14 feet tall, if I remember correctly. That may not be exact, but that's pretty close. And uh, now keep in mind, David didn't go down to the battle to get into the battle and fight. Now, he wasn't afraid to fight, but that's, he was just taking some food to his brothers who were at this, at this battle fighting. And, um, and so while he's there, this Goliath comes out and taunts the Philistines and and so David, you know, David had killed a lion and a bear with his sling. And um, so, you know, he's like, why do you, why do you guys put up with this? Why do you let this guy come out here and, and trash God like this? Why don't you go, why don't you go, why don't you guys go kill him? And uh, of course, you know, they didn't like that. They didn't like David talking that way. And, and so the conversation came about, like, you know, where somebody said, well, why don't you go kill him? And I'm kind of making this part of it up. This, I'm ad-libbing this a little bit. But anyhow, when it came down to it, and, and I don't, there, there were parts to the prize, the reward that I, I don't remember right off the top of my head. But I know this, uh, you know, Saul was king and Saul said, whoever will go out and kill this 
uncircumcised Philistine, number one, is going to get to marry my daughter. Number two, you know, there was a certain reward he was going to get, but also he and his family would be exempt from taxes. And I think there was something. So I don't, I, I don't remember all of it, but it was an incredible reward. You know, I kind of jokingly tell people that David said, well, let me see a picture of that girl. And, you know, he looks at her and goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll go out there and fight that Philistine for her. And so David was motivated by a prize. As a matter of fact, I, I think he even went back and said, oh, now tell me, tell me what that prize is again. I'll tell you something. When the prize is great enough, we will face anything. Now, I'm not talking about a selfish, uh, greed-driven kind of seeking the prize kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we, we'll get into that. But, but, but you, you know the difference. And, uh, but here's, the, you know, here's an interesting thing. I, I describe what I call the internal hierarchy or the hierarchy of the internal man. And in the hierarchy of the uh, internal man, there are, there are different values or different criteria whereby we make every single decision that we make. And in just a nanosecond, every decision that we make is going to pass through this hierarchy. For example, a part of the hierarchy is uh, our, our self-worth. Do I feel worthy of this? How do I see myself? Do I see myself as someone who can do this and get through this and make it? That, that's just part. And we do it without even consciously thinking about it. But in the, in the internal hierarchy of man, there is, there is this filter that everything goes through. And that filter is whether or not it's pain or pleasure. Now, man is highly driven by pain and pleasure. And um, people say, well, where do, you, where do you get that? Well, I get that from a lot of places. I get that from the fact that, that uh, man was created to live in a garden called paradise and where there was no sin, sickness, disease. He, was, he wasn't even created initially to have the capacity to want to be or to endure threats or hardship. And so one of the proofs of it is how our um, nervous system is created. You know, our nervous system has, we have a sympathetic nervous system, we have a parasympathetic nervous system. Parasympathetic nervous system, if you're going to be healthy, if you're going to live a long time, if you're going to have a great attitude, you know, if you're going to live in peace, you want your parasympathetic nervous system to be in control all the time because, man, that's what's nurturing your organs. That's what's keeping you healthy. That's what's keeping you alive. But the moment you feel a threat, you kick into a sympathetic dominance, sympathetic nervous system dominance. And the moment you do that, all the factors that help you digest food, the factors that, that nurture your organs, your immune system, all of these things pretty much stop functioning because all of your blood, all of your energy starts being forced more out toward the muscles so that you can go into fight or flight. Well, the very fact that we are inherently designed to either fight against or to run away from conflict or, or the potential for pain reveals something to, about, to us about how God created us. We were created to live in paradise. So because of that, men are highly, highly motivated 
by the promise, by the fact that there are promises out there. And I can tell you this, if more, you know, the, the religion has totally missed it when it tried to say, you know, that, that, that come on, follow Jesus. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's going to be bad. God's going to humiliate you and take stuff away from you and test you. But come on, because he loves you. I got news for you. Uh, nobody with a brain out there uh, is going to want to follow a message like that. Now, they, out of fear, they may kind of kind of succumb to it, but, but nobody's going to run toward a message that says God is going to make your life worse. He's going to make your life harder. And some people say, well, that's just the gospel. No, it's not. That's a lie. That is not the gospel. Jesus came to give us life and give us life abundantly or to the fullest. And so the purpose of God is that we live life to the fullest. And what Jesus taught in his entire ministry was a message called the gospel of the kingdom, the good news about the kingdom of God. And you know what the best news about the kingdom of God is? The best news about the kingdom of God is you can enter into it right now. You don't have to wait until you die. That's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? You know, you, you look at these things. Uh, again, the, the, the apostle Peter, you know, he writes in our issues, in our issues with temptation, in our issues with, with how we get corrupted in this world, the Apostle Peter says we escape the corruption that's in the world through lust, through these great and precious promises. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I thought the way I escaped and overcame temptation was to fight the devil. Well, that's really not what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible says that temptation doesn't even begin with the devil. It begins with us because we have desires. That's what the word lust means. It just means desires. Now, almost all desires, well, actually, I believe every desire that a person has emerges from a God-given desire, a way that God created us. The problem is, if we don't trust God to fulfill that desire, if we're not willing to have that desire fulfilled in a biblical way, then we are going to pursue the world's way. So our desires, if we believe that God is a good God, our desires will draw us to God, to trusting Him. And through His promises, uh, we don't feel like we're going to lose anything. You know, I don't ever feel like I'm going to lose anything for following God. I don't ever feel like I'm going to lose anything for being godly. You know, I, I have walked away from incredible financial deals uh, because I didn't like the compromise that was going to be built into them. When I have been in businesses that I realized this is not in the best interest of the people I'm trying to serve, I've walked away uh, and, and never feared loss because the promise that God gives me of the, of the abundant life, the promise that God gives me for wisdom, the promise that all through God's word tells me I can have success without destroying my relationship with God and without destroying my family. All those promises say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to follow God. But if I don't believe that, then I've got to go the way of the world to fulfill these desires that's in me. Because I'm telling you, it is inherent within the fabric of human, just the human condition, whether you're saved or lost, it is inherent in who you are as a human being, created in God's likeness and image, that you will crave and seek a better quality of life. No matter where you are in life, no matter how good your life, you know, even if you don't lack for anything financially, if you don't lack for anything in the house that you live in, the car that you drive, the food that you eat, you know, uh, uh, and your physical health, 
you still may have a desire to improve the quality of your life by how you serve other men. You may have a, quali a, a, a desire to improve the quality of life because you know there's something that you want to do that brings purpose to your life. I mean, there's always a way to improve the quality of your life. It is inherent within us. That will either drive us to greed, that can drive us to envy, that can drive us to all kinds of corruption, or it can drive us to say, I'm going to follow God, I'm going to allow God to bring this to pass in my life. Let me mention to you, by the way, you remember how at the beginning of this, of this broadcast I told you, you know, the number one question people ask is how can we get, how can we make this journey? How can we get more of this material? How, you know, where can we get this? We don't have churches in our area that, that provide this. Well, you know something, number one, this broadcast that you're watching is, is a free way that you can keep feeding your soul on this. But so many people say, but, but I want to, I, I, I want to take a deeper journey in this. And that's why we always have uh, audio and oftentimes written resources to take you deeper in this journey. For a lot of people, all they get right here on this broadcast is all they need and all they want. And that's fine. But for many people, it's like, I want to, I'm, I'm going father. I'm going all the way with this. You know something I have, uh, an eight message uh, series called Heaven on Earth. And I have a new book called Heaven on Earth. And I'm telling you, it's practical application. It will help you work through the practical steps of this. And we will, because of the time that will be involved, we will be able to give you hours more of how to put this into practice. And, and here's the great thing. When you invest in yourself, because you want to make the journey of a disciple, when you buy, when you buy books or teaching series from this ministry, it gives us financial resources to go out and reach people that we couldn't afford to reach. You know, the fact that many of you are, he are hearing this today for free for the first time is financed by people who give to this ministry. And it's also financed to people who make purchases to invest in themselves because their investments in themselves become an investment into the world. Now, so we are designed to live and the promises of God. Actually, and it's not so much the individual promises, it's we are, we are called to live in a realm where all of the resources, everything that we need to live the abundant life is available. Now, let me ask you that, ask you this. In reality, are you looking around your life and saying, man, I've got all the resources of God right here. Now, I know you can say, oh, well, technically I do. And you do technically. I mean, because they're freely given to you in Jesus. But I'm talking about in your world. Do you, do you, do you have a sense in your world, in, in your life now, that you have up to the minute, on the spot, access to all the resources of God that you will need to make your life better? You see, most Christians cannot say yes to that. Because, because they, they really don't have that sense. You know, when the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, and it also goes on to say that the kingdom of God is not word but in power, but it says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, that word peace is, a, is not just a tranquil state of mind. It is a tranquil state of mind that comes about because you know you're intimately connected with God, you're protected by God, and you have all the resources of God right available to you, to you right now. You know what? That is just incredible. That's a peace that the world can't take away from you.
I want to help you go on this journey through the Cyber Church broadcast, through resources on our website, through audio messages, through books, everything. I want to help you enter into that realm where you not only recognize all the resources, provision, protection of God, but you, you know how to access it and how to allow it to manifest in your life. Listen, if you're watching this on YouTube, let me encourage you. Be sure and subscribe to this channel, like this message, and write comments and questions. I'll tell you, people love that, and that causes uh, YouTube to send this out to more people. So help me reach the world. Share this with everybody you can. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.